Hello, it's Caroline, and I'm here to tell you that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded a long time ago, back when I used Patreon, back when I ran lots of different workshops and programs that I do not run anymore, and back before the Fuck It Diet book. So if I refer to any of these obsolete offerings while you're listening, just know that even though my Patreon and other programs don't exist anymore, you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck It Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. This podcast's content is shaped by the questions asked over at patreon.com slash caroline dooner. That is my name. I got stuck with it. If you would like to ask questions for this podcast, it's a pay-what-you-can community, and for as little as $1 a month, you can connect with other fucketeers and ask questions to me that I will answer on this podcast. And I also have higher rewards like monthly energy work and secret posts. You can also support this podcast for free by rating and reviewing the F at Diet Radio. That's F as in fuck. I've been censored on iTunes. Okay, let's go. I was taught, just like most people, that thin was healthy and not thin was not healthy. I was also taught that thin was beautiful and not thin was not beautiful. And that if for some reason you slipped and were living your life at a not thin and not optimal and not healthy and not beautiful weight, then you should do everything you could to make sure your clothes were as flattering as possible to give the illusion of as much thinness as your current condition will allow. And then of course to try and lose weight as well so you can become thin. Guess what? It turns out that not only is that fucking messed up and infantilizing and glamorizing the bodies of women who look like they can't digest food, but it's all relatively new. We learned that skinniness is beauty only in the last century and we have subscribed to it. What that means is that we can unlearn it too. Just like you learn to like and then unlike bell bottoms, you can learn and unlearn to see different body types as beautiful. You can and you will. And you can. What I would encourage you to do is to expand your definition of what beauty is instead of just trying to change it. Meaning change your beauty, I guess. Who knows what I meant. The single biggest thing that made the fuck it diet work for me was my shift in my relationship to weight and to my weight. My newfound willingness to accept wherever my weight fell was the thing that made this work because I had tried intuitive eating before, but it was still all about hoping that I would eat a small amount and be skinny. Accepting your weight and totally relearning the way you see yourself will, without a doubt, be the hardest part of this journey too. Because you've, But you've tried to fight your weight. 
You may even have been trying for decades and now here you are, maybe still secretly hoping that the fuck it diet will give you the key to unlocking your tiny body. No, it's not. But what this whole thing will unlock for you is the body and the weight that you are supposed to have. Plus your best chance at a normal appetite and a normal relationship with food and weight stabilization once you're not in a famine mode anymore. If you think that letting your weight fall where it may is unacceptable, you are still in denial about what trying to control your weight has done to you and will continue to do to you and your weight and your heart and your mind for the rest of your life. Your weight ending up higher than it did before you started a diet? That's a really bad sentence. Has your weight ended up higher than it did before you started your diet? Weight ended up higher than it did when you started the diet? That's a bad sentence, guys. That, anyway, if that's what's happening, that's all thanks to the survival mechanism and the starvation response, and it is purposely upping your weight in preparation for the next famine. When I tell you your best bet is to drop the fight, I really mean it. More dieting and more attempts to lower your weight is just going to do the opposite of what you want it to do. The best option is to accept where your body wants to be and treat your body well. Feed it, love it, and let it calm down. You will probably end up somewhere in the middle of where you've yo-yoed. You may spend some time at the top of where you've yo-yoed, and you really can't do anything about it. Besides, you've tried. Your body is going to keep fighting back until you are an old woman complaining about her pant size, and we deserve better passions than our pant size. So you may as well learn to befriend it. It's worth it. I know it's all easier said than done, and I know that there is way more fear and social stigma and personal judgment and health fear and more that goes into doing this. I know that it's not simple, but there really is no other option except continuing the mania and misery you're experiencing right now. It's your choice. Welcome to the Fuck a Diet Radio. (laughs) My name is Caroline Dooner, and I am the creator of the Fuck a Diet And my new plan for 2018 is to have two posts that correlate with podcast episodes just like this a month coming out on Tuesdays and answering podcast insider questions, people who have signed up for the Pay What You Can community over on Patreon. You can listen to this podcast wherever you want. Um, I have, it's in all the places. I don't even know. I don't really know. Podcasting is really weird, guys. Podcasting is not straightforward. It's like you have a podcast and then you need to essentially push it to all of these platforms like iTunes and Stitcher and whatever else. So anyway, I hope it's working out for you. Hope it's working out for all of us. So I'm going to go over to Patreon right now and answer some, some questions. Okay. All right. It's, uh, it's 2018, guys. The Fuck It Diet is now six years old, and I am 30 years old. It's a brave new world. We're all doing very well, I hope. Okay, so go over to patreon.com. And the next question I'm going to answer is from Raina. And she said, just listen to the Cheese Podcast. So good. Thank you. I'm wondering now, how do you know who to listen to? ha, <laughs> ha. That goes for nutritional advice, doctoral advice, anything really. I know we should rely on our intuition, but that goes only so far. How do you recommend to know when to follow your intuition versus 
when to follow outside information advice and who's to follow? This is such a good question. I have a whole program called Become Your Own Damn Guru, which really is geared towards this kind of thing. However, my answer is so much of intuition. So basically, you know, I really do recommend following your own gut, but that's not always easy to do. Sometimes we we don't know. We don't know the answer and we don't know what to do. Um, and we need teachers. I mean, I didn't, you know, so much of the fuck it diet was sort of intuited and I, I had this really strong sense, but it came from other things that I'd learned and then I did all this research. And so, you know, none of us, none of us do this alone. Everything is built upon something else, of course, and other teachings come together to, to create new teachings. So how do I know who to listen to? Let me start by just kind of talking about my own experience because really there's so much conflicting information out there. I I essentially think that uh, everything should be taken with a grain of salt, essentially, and everything essentially should be weighed against your own intuition. So it's it's really about being willing to listen to people, being willing to do research or seek things out and then see how it lands based on your own personal experience, your own personal intuitive sense and where you are in your life because different things are needed for different stages of your life, if you know what I mean. Different things ring true at different times of your life based on what you personally need. All advice, you know, I mean, there's some like major truths that kind of go across the board, but people need different things. We're all different. We all have different needs on different days and different seasons and times of our life. Um, basically, if I'm going to look at myself, I have believed completely opposite things completely opposite things and even in my dieting days I believed completely opposite things like I was raw vegan and then I was paleo those are completely opposite diets that both promise the same thing and now I believe you know complete anti-diet so in my own life I've had totally different views and my current views are based on the the extremity of my past views. So this is still all being filtered through my own experience and my own intuition and my own understanding of what leads to healing. I don't know that I'm answering this question very well, but I have a very strong belief on what leads to true mind, body, soul healing from food obsession, from perfectionism, from workaholism. Then things tweak because then I, you know, then I start working with a, a natural doctor who does believe in mercury toxicity. And I do kind of have, I, you know, I have my foot in both the healing world and the healing from obsession world. Does this make sense? I don't know that I'm really helping, but my, the really short answer is we need to, you know, we don't hold all the answers within us. But what we do hold is the resonance of the answer. Does this resonate with me right now in my life? Dogma and this is the only way and this is the only way you need to follow me. I'm the only one who has the answer. My way is the only way. That's always dangerous. Always, always, always. So if someone is saying that, 
they're not really respecting wherever you are in your journey. And I think that's a big red flag. Nutritional advice, uh, I would... I, again, I would try and find people who have an open mind and an open heart and understand that it's not as simple as, as it seems. Our minds, our hearts, our stress, the way we approach things, quality of life, there's no simple, uh, there's no simple formula for quality of life, for, for happiness and fulfillment. And for any, anyone who says that if you just need to follow my way and you'll be happy, it's bullshit. So I would really filter it through that and then find, um, uh, you know, find people who are willing to respect your own journey. Find people who are willing to be open about things who, you know, for doctors, I'm kind of really like anti-pharmaceutical companies at this point because, and it's so tied in with the whole weight thing too. They tried to medicalize obesity. There's a lot of corruption in the government, lobbyists, pharmaceutical companies are freaky guys, really freaky. Um, so I, you know, that, that's my own bias though. And, and I have to be open to the, to the truth that, you know, Western medicine and pharmaceutical companies also save lives at times. So I do think that the system is very corrupt. So if I'm going to sit on here and blank blanket statement tell you that, you know, all drugs are bad and the pharmaceutical companies are evil and don't trust them ever, there's... I, there, that's not always true. So I think that it's really dangerous to have ultimate truths, really. I really do. Um, and I think that keeping that in mind when taking advice from other people who, or advice from even experts who, who essentially are taking on the role of God and telling you that they know what you need to do, if they're not respecting your own mind and heart and your own decision making I think that that's a dangerous mix uh, I had a friend whose father uh, had prostate cancer and he was meeting with these different doctors these different western medical doctors and the first one they met with was an asshole <laughs> and he was like no my way's the way you need to we need to get you in surgery next week and um you know xyz and his energy was really 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 um dismissive and abrasive and he wasn't listening and there was no empathy and there was no you know there was no room there was no room and you could you know maybe somebody feels really comfortable with him they want to be held you know they want to be told exactly what to do and he you know he was essentially saying don't get a second opinion you don't have time and it felt really off. And they went to see a second person who gave them options, you know, treatment options. And his energy was just a lot more open to the possibility that he was not God. And that, you know, this, this man who was sick, my friend's father, um, he, he had a say in the matter, you know. And that's just an example of looking for somebody who is willing to listen and willing to understand that that healing or that advice and any sort of teaching isn't like an authoritarian thing and that that isn't necessarily the best way. It took me a while to get to that answer, but I hope that that's helpful because I think that there really 
is there, you know, the gray area is the part that's difficult, but it's the most, um, it's the most healing area where you're really willing to, to learn, but also see how it lands with you and lands with your own intuition. And it's not easy. We make mistakes. We go against our intuition. We want the answer to be something. We let stress get in the way. Um, it's not simple. This is like a life. This is like the biggest life journey is learning how to make decisions and, and listen to ourselves and wait against other people's advice. But basically, um, if you're asking about nutritional advice and doctoral advice, I would really look for people who are open to uh, both Western and medical, uh, sorry, Western and sort of alternative views. Most people, whether they're uh, super Western medicine or more alternative, are um, are biased against weight. So that's really difficult because that can p- crop up all of the time. But prioritize finding body positive practitioners. They exist. They exist out there. And in the very least, people who are willing to be open to that or willing to not be so pushy with weight loss or really respecting like, hey, you can even say whether this is like fully true or not. Hey, I've had, you know, eating disorder. So it's really important that I don't um, get obsessive or worried about food or weight or whatever um, or calories. Essentially, look for people who are willing to be open and when they're not, just remember that you deserve somebody who you feel comfortable with. And um, yes, I think that that's all that I have to say on this matter. Um, and again, when people get freaky or scared about uh, different ingredients or food or weight, just remember that the whole world is really messed up in this way and you're allowed to disagree with them. You're allowed to agree with half of the things they say and disagree with the other half. I think that that's another big piece too. Nobody holds all of the answers. And the last thing is you're allowed to have a sense that maybe you shouldn't eat XYZ right now and see how you feel on it. Like you're That is allowed to be a part of the journey, but don't make it about weight and don't make it about purity and don't, um, you know, no experiment has to last forever. It can be like, let me see how I, like, I don't feel good on this food. Let me see if I feel better if I, you know, casually avoid it for two days. But, you know, don't do that in the beginning of the fuck a diet if it's stressful to you because it's easy to get obsessive about things like that. Anyway, I'm just saying you're allowed to, you're allowed to just experiment and you're allowed to be wrong and you're allowed to disagree with people. All right, that was a very long answer to this question. Moving on to the next question. Hi, Caroline and crew. I'm a new listener follower, and I have to say that the Fuck It Diet really offered me a whole new hope and excitement for what life can be without a food obsession. I'm a new listener, so I apologize if this question has been answered. How much information is too much information? Basically, I have a pretty obsessive personality. Duh, that's how I've gotten here, she says. And I feel like it has trickled into my self-help journey. I feel like I spend hours and hours a week listening and listening to all of these self-help resources and I'm wondering at what point is this just another addiction even if it's a healthier one do you have any suggestions for information consumption so that I can prevent self-help binges great question so I'll just start by commending you for your awareness because the awareness of what we're doing is such an important first step and such an important step as you go 
this is so many of our modes, right? We just, we're so anxious and we need to fill the space and we need to calm our anxious minds and we need to prove to ourselves that we're being responsible and that everything's going to work out okay. Um, I would say using this awareness and using empathy for yourself is the place to be right now because, you know, I think that this is an acceptable transition period. I think it's acceptable to surround yourself with body positive images and information and stories and experiences really, you know, you're essentially, you're essentially, essentially, not a word, um, you're essentially filling the void of diet obsession with something that is meant to bring you to a place that will involve a lot less obsession. Your awareness that you're getting a little obsessive about it is really good because we can totally, and we do this in so many ways, we replace one obsession or one means of control or perfectionism with another. We do that. That's that's really common. And so a lot of the work that I do on feeling emotions and allowing blank space and becoming really aware of our anxieties and how our limiting beliefs are tied in with the stress that's kind of so such such a habitual pattern for us in our bodies that's the next work that's why that work is a part of the fuck it diet it's why it's kind of the next piece after allowing food and changing the way we see beauty it is the perfectionism piece, the responsibility piece, the rest piece, the willingness and the practice in doing nothing, in allowing ourselves to um, to really guide as, as opposed to needing to constantly hear what other people think. It's not easy. There's nothing easy about it. It's, it's, it's you know, really can be really anxiety inducing in the beginning. I would say a really good practice for this would be to do um, to do those morning pages, to do that brain dump that I suggest that so many people do. I, I suggest this in so many of my courses as well. To do, and this is, uh, you know, this is adapted from The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, but it's sort of like a meditation on the page where you are taking your stream of consciousness and you're writing it down. And you get to see all your worries and all your fears. It's a moment for you to stop ingesting information and actually become aware of what's happening in your mind to really be able to look at it. That is one way to very, very simple, but was very profound for me, way to take a pause. It's like a 20 to 30 minute exercise where you are not ingesting information you are being present with what is in your mind. It's the it's the concept of meditation where you're not taking in anything. You're actually allowing your mind to just be and watching it go and, and seeing what's in there. But this is easier to do than, than a meditation without writing. This is essentially a writing meditation. Nothing has to be profound. It's not about being profound. It's about seeing what is there. That is where our power comes. This awareness that you have. Becoming aware of how our brains work. What are our fears? What are our beliefs? What are the things we're stuck on? 
and letting ourselves take that moment to be present with it and then to look at it and have this awareness around it. That's my that's my very, very simple recommendation for you. Um, it's one of the simplest things that really did change the way I lived in a very, very slow and subtle way. Being willing to see what's going on when we're not taking in information. And that un that discomfort, that, that anxiety, you know, is because we're finally actually looking at what's in us. Like what, what are we trying to avoid? What's so... What do we believe about ourselves? What do we what do we think about ourselves? What do we feel about ourselves? What are we what are we afraid of looking at? What do we say about ourselves? Those are the things that those are some of the things that we try to drown out with constant busyness or workaholism or dieting or whatever, you know. Um at the same time, I think that ingesting information to calm you down and make you make you trust that you're on the right path is a really natural and maybe important part of this process, but maybe giving yourself the time out as well to see what's going on in your own heart and brain is a helpful thing too. I hope that's helpful. You can respond in Patreon and tell me what you think. I think a lot of other people might feel similarly and will want to use this on themselves as well. And let's move on to the next thing. Where are you, Patreon? Where are you? I, I lost it because I looked up. I'm tracking my I tra I'm tracking a package. It's now 7:45 at night and it's not here yet, so it's probably not gonna come. Anyway, close Patreon to track a package. So let's read another question. Kenzie said, "Hi Caroline, so very happy to have found your podcast. There's still moments like this where I get tripped up." I, as well, was a former paleo queen like you and a health coach, and separating my health knowledge from my recovery has been challenging. I get off work at 11 p.m., and some nights I end up eating after, which I ideally really don't like to do. I'm a huge fan of night eating, just so you know. And I see how this is a process of working out the old restrictive patterns of health rules, but I feel too anxious even to enjoy the food because I can't tell what I'm really trying to soothe is my, if what I'm really trying to soothe is my anxiety. It's like I don't even really want the food, but some part of me feels like it can't let go to take care of myself in a different way. I feel it would have made me feel better just to go to bed and not eat, but I don't want it to come from a controlling aspect. I'm a fan of energy work as well, and I've done a lot around this, but it just feels murky. I was wondering if you had any tips around shifting behaviors in a way that is not coming from a place of control. I know allowance is a big part, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Sorry, sorry this is a ridiculous, ridiculously long question. It's not, don't worry. And thank you for all that you are putting out there. Okay, so this, in my personal opinion, this takes a shift in understanding and perspective that can be really, really helpful in healing. Basically, first of all, I just want to say that you're getting off work at 11 p.m. So, of course, you're going to eat a late meal. You should. And I am a person. I know there are people out there who swear that they can't eat late at night because they're digesting and it disrupts their sleep. I am personally the opposite. If I do not eat before bed, and this has gotten less extreme because I think as I've gotten out of a famine mode and I eat earlier and I'm full at bed, I'm fine to, to just go to bed if I'm full. However, if I am hungry at 
all, I will not sleep. And that was even more true in the beginning of the Fakatite when my body didn't really trust that I was going to feed it enough. I need to eat right before bed and I sleep so well. Um, and that's just my personal experience and my body and my, my digestion is pretty good. But And it was not on paleo. My digestion on paleo was horrible. And once I started eating easier to digest things, it just got way, way better. So what I need to tell you is that your stress over eating is also part of the perpetuating cycle of binging and or emotional eating. So truly allowing food, truly allowing food is so important. Allowing yourself to emotionally eat is this paradoxical thing where let it not be so precious. Let yourself eat before bed. There's no reason why you can't eat before bed. All those rules to me are bullshit, especially because I experienced such healing, happiness, better sleep from letting myself eat a lot of food right before bed. If you're eating in an anxious way, there are two reasons. One, you don't believe you're allowed to be eating and so it makes you anxious. And then that also makes you binge or emotional eat both things Restriction does not help, in my personal opinion. Um, Or you're only eating because you're anxious, but you're also probably anxious because you're not allowed to eat. So it becomes this cycle that's perpetuating itself, uh, which is why allowing food is so important. And allowing yourself to eat even when you're not hungry is so important. But if you are just eating to numb and it's just a habitual thing, again, let yourself because it's not that big of a deal. All you need to start working on, either through energy work or through just intentional breathing and feeling, is letting yourself feel what you're avoiding and eat. You can do both. You could do both at the same time or you can eat and then feel. This idea that you need to, I used to do this thing when I was trying to learn about before the fuck a diet, when I was trying to not emotionally eat in quotes, I would force myself to feel before I ate, hoping that I wouldn't be hungry or wouldn't want to eat after that, which is fear-based. And so because I was still afraid of amounts and afraid of food and afraid of weight, it was restriction. So I was feeling I was feeling you know whatever whatever I was thought I needed to feel but I was also judging the fact that I wanted to eat and it was this self it was this perpetuating thing where so I would feel or I don't even know what I was doing I would like lie there and feel and be like okay you don't really need to eat you you're just anxious just feel it just feel it and then sometimes I wouldn't want to eat after that or I wouldn't eat after that but it was this restrictive thing that eventually ended up in a binge or eventually ended up in me eating you know out of nervousness or denial or whatever and then I was mad at myself about it and that is restriction there's still something to rebel against it just it's so easy to jog this cycle and so for people who are sure that they eat emotionally as a habit to not have to feel their emotions, my answer is make eating less precious. Let yourself emotionally eat, but also develop other ways to feel what you 
you know, but let it be something that doesn't have to be instead of eating because there's this magic paradox that happens, you know, that when you are allowed to eat, you're less likely to nervously do it. And if you're doing it emotionally, that's fine. All you need to do is start also feeling. And in time, this emotional eating sort of this kind of crossover between the binge and the emotional eating because they are different but when you're restrictive they bleed into each other and it's impossible to tell what's what which is why letting go of restriction is so important as long as you're letting yourself eat and letting yourself feel you will be good it will work itself out you will fix the physical side you will refeed you'll get out of the survival state and you'll begin to have to be less afraid of your feelings now your beliefs here are really important too because you have these beliefs about when you should eat it sounds like um and yes it's really hard to be a health coach that has all these rules to come from being a health coach that has all these rules to hopefully you end up being a health coach who does not have all these rules and who can share you know a similar message of trusting your body and trusting food and not being so precious about amounts and weight and all that um but so you have to get really honest with yourself and really aware of all the beliefs that are kind of tripping you up and i think that that is the best way to go forward and i hope that that is helpful um and you can let me know in the group okay all right that is it for today i will be in your ear again in two weeks on a tuesday and if you want to ask questions for the podcast you can over at patreon.com slash caroline dooner and you can subscribe and make sure you get all the new uh, episodes over at iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts, except for Spotify because I can't figure that shit out. <laughs>